Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Back in the zone. Glad you're with us. Westmore Christian Weaver. We're going to go to the phone line and bring in Andrew Hutchinson right away. He's managing editor of bestofarkansasports.com. Hutch, what's up, man? How are you? Doing good, guys. How about y'all? Oh, fantastic. We got football to talk about. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I'm not, I haven't been able to go up to any of the practices and see 20 minutes of practice. I know it's limited, but still, um, I wanted to have somebody on that's seen this team in person. And uh, so that's why you're here to give us some help. Uh, what do you think of so far after a couple practices? Well, of course, it's, it's kind of hard to get too much out of the three practices that the media has been able to see because they, you know, first couple of days were just helmets and shorts. And uh, yesterday they did throw on some shoulder pads, so there was a little bit more physicality there. Uh, but it's still not what I would consider true football. But it is good to just kind of kind of see how the guys are lined up as far as depth chart and things like that. And uh, the the number one thing that probably jumps out is just a few of the guys look differently. Uh, that always seems to happen when you you see the team the first time after uh, a long layoff, like what they had over the summer. I mean, most notably, I mean Trey Knox uh, looks like an SEC tight end now. And there's a few other guys that have you know. Some guys that have lost a little bit of weight, like Devin Manuel on the offensive line, needed to lose a little bit of weight, some guys like that. So, really, that that's kind of the biggest takeaways so far in fall camp through three days. You know, Hutch, we had uh, K.J. Jefferson down a week and a half ago for the countdown to kickoff, the Big Buzz event. And it was the first time I'd seen him in person in a while. And it was noticeable to me he had lost – significant weight and uh, I don't know what he played at last year I've, I've heard reports up to 260 uh, but he, he said he was down in that 240 range quit eating so much fried food he said and and, and then and cut it into portions so he wasn't eating as much during his meals but I thought KJ looked slimmed down did you notice that yeah he's still a big dude I mean he may yeah. not be quite as big but he's still a big dude I mean I know uh, I think at one point last off season Maybe Kendall Bryles or somebody mentioned, you know, they would like him to be 230, 235. And then, you know, more recently, Sam Pittman has said, well, I don't know if I want him that light. He looked pretty good this past year at 245, 250, whatever it was. Uh, I mean, because he's, he's, not, he's not a guy that has blazing speed. I mean, he's not a Malik Hornsby-type speed guy. But he's got good speed. Plus, it's just really hard to bring down a dude that big. So, I think he looks really good. I have zero concerns over his uh, physical, you know, just makeup, uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, obviously, he's got to stay healthy. Uh, but I, I like what he looks like, and, and he just he looks like a, a big dude. And it's easy to see why people, you know, it, it may be kind of a lofty comparison, but, I mean, everyone always brings up the Cam Newton comparison. Hmm. Uh, but from a physical standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. I believe I saw something over the weekend. The weekend's a little hazy for me after spending it at Lake Hamilton. But did I not see something about uh, Malik Hornsby and the way he was throwing the ball this year? Is it improved or does he look better? Yeah, that was, I mean, yesterday, that was my number one takeaway from the uh, viewing period of, of practice was Malik Hornsby just looked a lot sharper uh, with his passes. And, you know, Sam Pittman was asked about it on Friday, I believe it was. And, he said not only is he just more accurate, but he also has more touch on his you know short passes. He said, you know, in the past he would throw a 95 mile an hour fastball, and the receivers just 
had no chance to catch it because it's like, you know, five yards downfield. Um, now it seems like he has a little bit more touch on the ball, but he's also just a lot more accurate. Uh, that was a, an issue he dealt with. A little bit of it we got to see in games and also what we saw in practice. Um, but I have always been hesitant to say, oh, I'm, I'm worried. I don't think he's going to be the quarterback of the future. I don't like to say that, though, because I had the same concerns about K.J. Jefferson hmm. you know, before he ever became the full-time starter. And all he did last year was go out and complete like 68% of his passes and you know, second-best single-season completion percentage in school history, uh, second only to Felipe Franks, the guy before that. Uh, the, the common thread there being Kendall Bryles, the offensive coordinator. I don't know what it is, but he just seems to really know how to coach quarterbacks and, and help them improve their accuracy. And I think we're starting to see that a little bit with Malik Hornsby. We're talking with Andrew Hutchinson, managing editor at bestofarkansasports.com. On the Asher Record Live fan feedback, we had uh, someone post, uh, Dan said, the reality is we are one injury away from going four and seven or five and six. Uh, the math doesn't add up, but I get your point. KJ <laughs> goes down and we are screwed. Do you feel, is that the case? Well, I definitely think it would be a significant drop-off because I think K.J. Jefferson is that good. It's not that I don't have a lot of faith in Malik Hornsby. Um, I didn't exactly have a lot of faith in K.J. Jefferson before we realized what K.J. Jefferson was, so that's uh, kind of an important caveat there. But I do think that maybe they're not a top-25 team without uh, K.J. But I do think they still got – I mean, they still got a solid defense. They still got a really good running game. Uh, they've got talented receivers that would help you know, whoever the quarterback is. Uh, so I think they would still be a bowl team without KJ. Uh, but I think KJ is the reason you have the, the hope that, hey, maybe they could finish second in the West. Or, you know, maybe they have a chance to finally break that losing streak against Alabama. Or, you know, they have a chance to play in another, you know, New Year's Day bowl like they did this past year. I think KJ is the reason for that optimism. But I also don't think it's like oh, one injury and it's a, a lost season. Speaking of those talented wide receivers, have any of them stood out to you? You know, yesterday, as the media was walking off the practice field, we got to watch the first four periods. In the fifth period, they were doing some one-on-ones between the receivers and the DBs. And uh, I happened to catch a couple of the reps, and, and Jaden Hazelwood made a fantastic catch in the end zone with Jalen Catalan all over him. It was it was really good defense, and, and Hazelwood made an impressive catch. And then right after that, I saw Warren Thompson make an impressive catch with uh, Hudson Clark defending him. And again, it wasn't bad defense by Hudson Clark by any means. It was just an impressive throw and catch by the I don't know who it was that threw the two passes, but uh, I did see Hazelwood and Warren Thompson you know, make some impressive catches. Uh, Keytron Jackson also had a, a nice catch. He was a little bit more open on his pass that he caught. Um, so th- those guys are, are kind of the top group right now. Um, I really wish we were able to see a little bit more of Malik Hornsby at wide receiver because I got to see a little bit of that during the spring, uh, but it seems like all of his wide receiver reps are coming in, in practice after the media is asked to leave. So don't know how he's doing, but I'm really intrigued by that. Uh, you know, I know everyone wants to know about the, you know, the stud freshmen that are, are there and Isaiah Satinia primarily. Uh, got to see a little bit of him, watched him in some kind of routes on air, and he's very—he's a smooth route runner. He's got really solid hands. He definitely looks smaller than some of the other guys, so I, you know, you always wonder how is he going to hold up in the SEC, but 
uh, from a like, talent standpoint, he looks like he could contribute. So we'll see kind of how if he can climb that depth chart, you know, throughout fall camps to see wasn't here during the spring. Yeah, I'm very intrigued by Malik Hornsby too, and just his speed, and I love that. What, what kind of scenario do you see him in, in, with playing wide receiver? I mean, what percentage of the snaps do you think he could get as a wideout? Oh, you know, it, it's hard to say because that's, that's a really good question. Like, you I, you hope it's not just, oh, it's a gimmick that they're right. you know, going to use in practice and they're only going to run you know two or three times in a game. I And I we've seen that before. We've seen players that are like, oh, these guys have a particular skill set. We want to get them on the field and, and display it, and then it never actually came to fruition. I have a little bit more confidence that it's going to be more than that this year just because I have a lot of faith in Kendall Bryles. I think he's a really smart, offensive-minded coach. And I think Sam Pittman is going to let his coordinators do what they need to do. Uh, and Malik Hornsby does have that incredible speed, athleticism, just a, a talent you want to get on the field in some way. Uh, so I could see it being like an actual package that, you know, we see, you know, uh, several snaps in a game, 10, 15 snaps a game, maybe. Uh, but again, we're three days into fall camp. I'd have a better answer to that maybe here in a couple of weeks as, as they get further into it, get a couple of scrimmages under their belt, things like that. Going to running back, Dominic Johnson's out, and we don't know how long he's going to be out, but Rocket Sanders is presumed to be the number one back, and while Dominique's out, A.J. Green will be second. Is there a third back? Do we know? So, yeah, I mean, honestly, we don't even have to presume that Rocket's the number one. Sam Pittman and, and Jimmy Smith have both come out actually flat out said it, which is kind of surprising to me considering yeah. the talent there at running back. You'd like to think that the coaches will be a little bit more coach speak, but they've been very open that Rocket's been number one. And honestly, I'm not 100% convinced that A.J. Green is the number two in that scenario because you asked for a third guy, Rashad DeBinion, the true freshman from Georgia, has been really impressive. He went through spring ball. Uh, I was thoroughly impressed with him during the spring and Sam Pittman has said this guy's gonna play and he's not just gonna get a handful of snaps here and there he's going to factor into the running back rotation and the last two days on Saturday and Sunday he actually was in there ahead of AJ Green hmm. in the very brief team period again we're we're talking five minutes out of a two-hour practice so I don't know how much stock we could put into that but in that five-minute period both the last two days it's been A.J. Green uh, after Rashad Dabinian. So uh, I think they're going to be really good at running back between uh, Dominique, Rocket, A.J., and Rashad. I think that's a really good yeah. running back group. And then throw in what K.J. can do with his legs and whatever they you know, are able to do with Malik Hornsby running the ball as well. Andrew Hutchinson's on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. He's the managing editor of bestofarkansasports.com. Hutch, the offensive line, who's been the left tackle? And have there been any surprises, any changes with that offensive line? So far, the offensive line has been as, as expected. It's basically everybody at their spot that they were at last year, except for, of course, left tackle with Myron Cunningham moving on. And that's been Luke Jones, uh, you know, the Little Rock product, transferred in from Notre Dame a few years back. Uh, he's getting the first crack at left tackle, and I, I think they like him there. Uh, but, you know, during the spring, they tried multiple guys. I mean, they moved Brady Latham from left guard to left tackle some. Uh, Devin Manuel's been the backup left tackle. I think they're really hoping that uh, he can come on and develop into 
a, a left tackle, but he's still pretty young. I think he's a redshirt freshman, so uh, you're not really too concerned about that. And then, you know, one that I was really kind of thinking might get a crack at is Tyke Crawford, uh, you know, the heralded recruit who was one time committed to Arkansas, ended up decommitting, went to Charlotte of all places, uh, and then transferred back, uh, transferred into Arkansas last year. Uh, he's been at right tackle. Uh, he's been kind of the backup right tackle behind Dalton Wagner. Uh, I thought he might get a chance at left tackle, and he might still. I mean, we're still very early in fall camp. Uh, but I also think the coaches have said, you know, Dalton Wagner, they said that's their starter, but he's not a guy that they think can play 100% of the snaps in every game. Uh, they're going to need to have a little bit of rotation there in order for him to stay healthy. So maybe you keep Tyke Crawford at right tackle and then just hope Luke Jones or, or one of those other guys could you know emerge and really solidify themselves at left tackle. But so far through three days, it's been Luke Jones with the ones at left tackle. We've been talking a lot of offense, and you know that's what sells, right? With defense, how's the three defensive linemen transfers? How do they look? Do they look the part of an SEC defensive lineman? They look the part, uh, you know, especially Landon Jackson. Of course, that's easy to say because he's come from LSU, so he is an SEC defensive lineman. Uh, he's been the one I'm most excited to see just because, one, I remember him as a recruit. He was a heralded guy, um, hasn't really had a chance to do much. He, he tore his ACL during his freshman year at LSU, um, and, and he just he looks the part during spring, whatever he was here, wasn't able to really practice any. But just seeing him on the sideline, you're like, okay, that's a dude. And finally getting to see him with his helmet on and everything has been exciting to watch. Um, you know, I haven't seen quite as much of, of Jordan Dominic, the transfer from Georgia Tech, and uh, Terry Hampton, the Arkansas State transfer, you know, playing defensive tackle. Uh, haven't really gotten too much of a, a good look at them. They've developed too much of an opinion. Um, but those guys are all working with the, the second group. Jordan Dominic has actually been with the third group, uh, which everyone's like, oh, well, why'd you bring in transfers if they're not going to be starters? Well, again, we're three days into fall camp. This was the same thing last year. The three transfer defensive linemen that ended up being your primary starters, Trey Williams, Markel Letzi, and John Ridgeway, they were the second group defensive line in practice for the first oh, week, week and a half, two weeks of fall camp. Then they eventually became the starters. So that's another thing I'm going to be kind of keeping an eye on as we progress through camp is are they going to make a move? Are they going to eventually replace the guys that are on that first group uh, right now, which is a bunch of returning guys right now. I mean, Zach Williams, Eric Gregory, Isaiah Nichols, uh, you know, uh, Jashad Stewart. Um, they, they, I, I've honestly liked what I've seen from Jashad Stewart as well. So, uh, going to be interesting, kind of how that depth kind of shakes out over the next couple of weeks. We're talking with Andrew Hutchinson. Is the DBs the secondary? Is that the strength of the defense? You know, I think there's probably a lot more depth there than anywhere else on the defense, and guys that have a lot of experience. I mean, especially when you got an All-American type guy and Jalen Catalan at the back end, kind of running things. Um, <clears> but I, I honestly, the linebackers at the top with with Bumperpool and Drew Sanders, I think they have a chance to be the best unit on the team. I, I'm that high on Drew Sanders, hmm. what I saw from him in the spring. Now, if one of them gets hurt and then someone has to be, you know, move into that spot, whether that be a, a Pooh Paul or, you know, maybe a Jackson Woodard, then maybe you'd shift back and say, okay, the secondary is definitely strict. But at the top, the, those top two guys, 
I think are as good as as we've seen. I mean, I, it's it's crazy to say you could lose a guy like Grant Morgan and be better, but I, I really think Drew Sanders has that capability. Of course, we saw what Bumper Pool did last year, um, but I do think the secondary is going to be solid. There's still some movement back there, guys that are still fighting for you know, trying to you know the transfers, Latavius Brainy at safety and Dwight McLeather in a corner. Those guys have both been with the twos these last, first few days. Um, can they work their way into the starting lineup? You know, Miles Flesher is a guy that's played a lot of safety in his career. He's now working as the starting nickel. Does he stick there? Does he move around? He could play corner. He could play safety. Uh, so there's still some moving parts on, in that secondary, but I think there's a lot of depth and talented depth there, more so than we've seen maybe in recent years. You know, Hutch, you kind of got me excited about Rocket Sanders. You know, everybody wants to talk about a breakout player, and, and right now I think that's Trey Knox for a lot of people. But I wonder if Rocket's not about to take that take over that running back position uh, because, A, they already named him the starter, and then when Coach Pittman said no to him returning kickoffs, that, that, that says a lot to me, you know, because I, I would want a Rocket back there returning kickoffs, right? You know, somebody hit that hole and go. Uh, Coach Pittman was like, no, he's not returning kicks. That shows me he, he thinks he's too valuable to put him back there. Yeah, I think Rocket's going to be special. Honestly, uh, even before fall camp, I told a few of you know, my, my buddies and everything, I said, you know, I think this running back group, as talented as it is, I think your top two running backs are going to end up being Rocket Sanders and Rashad DeBinion, the true freshman. I'm, I'm that high on both of them. Hmm. And I think Rocket Sanders has the potential to be a true number one SEC running back. But at the same time, I'm not sure if he's going to be an all-SEC guy just because they're going to split up these reps. They're going to use these guys, rotate through them. We're going to see a healthy dose of A.J. Cream and Dominique Johnson. You're going to see these guys stay healthy, stay fresh. So you may not have a 1,000-yard rusher, but that's okay if you've got three 500-yard rushers, and one of them's got, you know, seven, 800 yards, throwing what KJ does on the ground, and boom, all of a sudden you're looking at being the you know, number one rushing attack in the Power Five for a second straight year. So I, I'm really, really high on that group. I think they have potentially really, really special, especially when, you know, you don't have Traylon Burks kind of fall back, to, back on in the passing game. You may have to lean on the running game a little bit more this year than even they did last year when they were still probably a pretty run-heavy team. Let me ask you our question of the day. What record would you be disappointed in this year? Oh, you know, disappointed would be definitely missing a bowl game. I'd even say maybe six and six would be disappointing. Um, but I think even a seven and five, I mean, everyone talks about, oh, could they be better with the worst record? That's something that every team talks about in the offseason. And I think that's legitimately possible just because how difficult this schedule is i mean yeah texas was the top 25 team when they played last year but by the end of the year you realize okay they're they weren't very good so it wasn't as impressive of a non-conference win this year you got cincinnati coming to town probably not gonna be the same cincinnati as last year but still really good you got to go to byu a really good team you got hugh freeze and bobby petrino bringing their teams into fayetteville those are going to be tough games. So uh, then you throw in the usual SEC West. You got Spencer Rattler coming from the SEC East with South Carolina. So it's a really tough schedule. So I think seven and five. I mean, they could legitimately be as good as they were last year and go seven and five. So I wouldn't be necessarily disappointed with that. 
Um, but six and six, and definitely missing a bowl game would be disappointing after what we saw last year. You know, eight and four, and then nine wins with the bowl game. Hutch, thanks for your time. Great stuff. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, no problem. Anytime, guys. Andrew Hutchinson joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. You can always check him out. Bestofarkansasports.com is the website.